Hello, everyone, and welcome to the JRPG Report, episode 142. I got a little confused there. I was going all slow like it was a Sunday special. No, this is your weekly news podcast. We are in the first week of December, and uh, we got a lot of fun stories to talk about with you guys this week. Uh, Nothing big. Like, there wasn't that... uh, big story that kind of grabbed my interest and then to be honest i've been sitting here for a few minutes kind of just deciding where to start at first uh some weeks it's pretty easy to know where to go uh other weeks there's multiple things that i could uh, i could go in a couple different directions but this week while we have a lot of things to talk about no uh giant big breaking news stories so i guess (laughs) I'll just go where something where I uh, wasn't expecting. How about that? Uh, Square Enix has announced that Saga Frontier Remastered will be making an appearance uh, digitally next summer in 2021 worldwide. You can play this on your PlayStation 4, Switch, PC via Steam, iOS, or Android device. Now, this is the uh, remastered edition of the original Saga Frontier game that launched back in July 1997 in Japan and then in March of 1998 in North America. So over 20 years ago for the original PlayStation. You old school gamers might even recall this. I, I definitely remember owning this game but never playing it. So uh, you're, you're going to see this one and you're going to be like, well, this kind of kind of reminds me of like Octopath Traveler. And we're so way. And maybe this series kind of laid the groundwork for that, but it is, it's different. <laughs> Let's just say this. Here is the official overview of the game via Square Enix. Uh, they say a team of eight have returned now with Fuse, as an added playable character. Choose your favorite character and embark on your own unique journey. Each of the eight characters have different goals and endings. Your choices will affect how events unfold using the freeform scenario system. This in-depth system allows you to manipulate and expand a story all your own. Challenge yourself in nail-biting battles by using Glimmer as well as learning new skills such as the ability to fire consecutive special attacks from multiple team members. With beautiful graphics, as well as an addition of new events and features, Saga Frontier Remastered is an experience not to be missed. Uh, so this, um, the Japanese official website offered some further details on this one. Uh, they say the eighth playable character, Fuse, was added. A story with a new protagonist, Fuse, has been added. This can be unlocked by clearing the stories in any of the other seven of any of the other seven protagonists. The story is being handled by Saga Series General Director Akitoshi Kawazu and game writer slash novelist Benny. Matsuyama, with new music by composer Kenji Aito. Fuse is a member of the IRPO, the region's organization for the maintenance of public order. His real name is Lowstar, but he was given the name Crazy Fuse because of the way he goes out of control when he loses his temper. Although known for his problematic behavior, he has a strong sense of duty as a patrolman. His natural perception and decisiveness have given him a high rate of criminal arrests. Even today, he is investigating incidents throughout the region. 
Uh, they say there are missing elements implemented. There were some elements in Asilius's story that were not implemented in the original release. By implementing those events, you can get to enjoy Asilius's story to the fullest extent. It has been remastered with beautiful graphics and useful features. The game's image remains unchanged, but the graphics quality has been enhanced. Well, I'd certainly hope to. <laughs> so, uh, PlayStation 1 wasn't, uh, at its time was beautiful. Looking on it now, it's pretty ugly. Uh, characters, backgrounds, and monsters have all been made in high resolution. The menus have been revamped to be more user-friendly. Quality of life features like the two-time speed have been added. If you're curious exactly how this is looking, there was the announcement trailer. You can head over to our face. Well, you can head to our Facebook page and see the story about all this, but you can head directly to our YouTube channel, JRPG Report, and check that out, as well as several other things we shall be talking about here today. So did you play the original Saga Frontier or the games that came after it? Are you excited about this? Would you rather it just stay back in um, fond memories? Or did you not care for this one and could care less that they were <laughs> remastering it? Um, like I said, I owned it, but for some reason never played it. Um so I don't know. I guess it depends on what this thing comes priced at. Um, I certainly don't feel like this should be a full price game. Uh, you're you're coming out for PlayStation Four um, close to you know six to nine months after the release of PlayStation Five. Obviously, still Switch is still steaming right along. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm curious about it. I, I I don't know. I'm on the fence, sort of. But it was certainly something I didn't. Uh, see coming, and I am all for uh, getting these PS1 remasters. I think these are games ripe to be remastered, uh, like I kind of detailed in one of our previous podcasts, that uh, it seemed like the perfect opportunity for you know young up-and-comers who played these games as children. Well, now they're the ones creating games. Why not go and remake one of your beloved classics, and uh, get some experience in the process. These games have proven to sell quite well. Um, I, you know, I'm not real keen on, uh, you know, with PlayStation 4, we saw a lot of PS3 games get remastered with, you know, a slight little polish to it. These PS1 games, like I said, they didn't look all that great, and they certainly can use this remaster treatment and look quite well being reimagined with today's graphics. Um, So... Uh, Square Enix, if you're listening, keep doing this. Uh, I would personally, I'd love to see something like Parasite Eve, one of my uh, favorite old games on PlayStation One. Given that treatment, there's a list of other ones. I don't know why that's one that popped in my head first, but just so many games that could use this one, especially brought off at a, a good price point, uh, could definitely be something good. The Switch seems like a perfect system for these titles playing on the go. So, yeah, that's uh. Kind of came out of left field and can be looking forward to it digitally in summer 2021 as a worldwide release. Coming up in just over a week on December the 13th and 14th will be the Grand Blue Fantasy FES uh, 2020 live stream event. This is online. Only previous years have been in person. Um, We kind of uh, shared last week that this was coming. Now we have the official dates and times, as well as a full schedule 
of things going on. There's going to be, um, of course, an opening. Um, Grand Blue Fantasy 2020 so far. Uh, there's a Grand Blue TV channel, FES edition, satellite stage, and then at night, a Grand Blue night party. The next day, uh, some Q&A, some special characters. Now, keep in mind, this event is centered on the anime and its celebration, but it also encompasses not only the, uh, the fighting game that they put out, but hopefully, and this is why I'm mentioning it, there will be something about Grand Blue Fantasy Relink, the long, uh, I guess, delayed and in, um, in production action role-playing game, which in what we've seen of it looks absolutely amazing. It had some help from Platinum Games there for a while, but Psy Games is handling it exclusively now, and it has gone completely off the radar. Uh, obviously, things like the pandemic have affected it, but it was kind of its own worst enemy there for a while as well. It has been rumored that at this event, we will get some new information about the game, but as I just read, it is not included in the schedule. Maybe that's on purpose. Maybe it's going to be kind of a special thing. Um, but really nice to get some information on it. I'm really hoping for some sort of release date. Um, I, I I put it out there when I shared this that it's kind of it's now or never with this title. So I think if we don't get it at an event like this, where the <laughs> the Grand Blue community is focused like a laser and they're there. Um, if we don't get an announcement of some sort here, this game, um, I don't think it's been canceled by any stretch, but if we don't get it now, that means it's going to PS5. That's the only um, logical conclusion I can come to without any information given. It's the same thing I've kind of said with Tales of Arise. Its lack of information suggests to me that not only were there problems with it, but it is going to be making the transition to new hardware. Um, you may still see um, a, a PlayStation 4 version of these games, but uh, I will wait till to further comment on it until we hear something or don't hear something. Uh, let's see, the 12th and 13th, that would be next Saturday and Sunday, so you'll have to wait until our podcast on the 17th before I have any concrete information. Of course, you can just follow us on, um, give us a like on Facebook or follow us on Twitter, and as soon as I hear something, as soon as there's some news, I will share it on those social media channels. If there is media for it, i.e. a new trailer, I'll pop that bad boy right on YouTube as soon as I see it. So fingers crossed, this has been a game I've been greatly looking forward to. It made my top 10 most anticipated titles for 2020 and then subsequently uh, left the planet. So <laughs> I'm really hoping this thing is still in development and we're going to get it sooner rather than later. Fancy Star Online 2 players for your uh, Xbox since we're not allowed to play it on PlayStation here in the West, uh, you can be playing Episode 6 as soon as December 9th in the West. Uh, Sega announced it will introduce new classes, quests, enemies, and more, as well as increase the level cap to 90 
five. So yeah, that's the PC is uh, players can play this, of course, as well. Here in the West, it is on the Microsoft Store and Steam worldwide. If you're in Japan and you have a PlayStation Four or a Switch, you can play it as well. Never, still don't understand. Uh, why this is not on PlayStation and Switch in the West, but it's not. You can read all about Episode 6 in the stories that I've shared um, on our Facebook and Twitter channels. There's quite a lot of new stuff going on there. Like I said, new classes and quests, get enemies, and uh, if you've been capped out for a while, you can get up to level 95. We, we talked about last week that... Sega was one to get this a little bit closer to concurrent with this Japanese episode, so they've got some uh, they got some work to do, but it's getting closer and closer with every episode release. Um, a new uh, speaking of new content, there is going to be let's see, this is called Titans and the Iron Front update uh, for uh, Brigadine, the Legend of Rosaria. Uh, its update is available right now. For the Switch, uh, PlayStation 4 owners will get this update on December the 10th. There's also a free demo in the works for PlayStation 4, although it's not um, it's not there quite. Oh, no, no. Yeah, it's not there yet because it's coming on the 10th. So when this new patch comes out for PlayStation 4 or new uh, update, you will also be able to play the demo to check it to check it out. Um, here are some of the uh, additions to it. There's the added custom difficulty. You can now customize up to eight settings to <laughs> range, to enjoy a wider range of game difficulty. New high-level monsters, Titan and Shadow Goblin. Uh, while in combat, you can now turn auto mode on by pressing the L stick, oh, this is for the switch, and off by pressing the L stick again. Um, combat... AI, custom difficulty, the guard castle hex has been added. Uh, combat AI, hard difficulty. Um, you can now arrange added manage items functions. Just a whole list of, of different things as well as bug fixes as well. Uh, here's a quick letter from the producer. He says, we're very happy to announce that the Titans and the Iron Front update for the Nintendo Switch version of the game is now available. Uh, this producer there is to express our gratitude towards our fans who have played the Switch version or considering the PlayStation 4 version. So he's saying a big thank you as well to this. And yeah, there's a, of course, a new trailer kind of showing some of the different uh, things included in this update. If you'd like to check it out, head over to our YouTube channel. That game we've been Talking a little bit about for a little bit, uh, Mercenaries Blaze. Dawn of the Twin Dragons will launch on uh, just for Nintendo Switch via the Nintendo eShop on December the 17th in the West. Publisher Circle Entertainment and developer Rideon announced this strategy RPG first launched for the Switch in October uh, for in Japan. Uh, there is also a PlayStation 4 version planned but uh it's yet to get a release date in japan or here so yeah this is something uh, there's been some uh, i put out an earlier trailer for this on youtube and there's been a pretty decent amount of interest in this one this is the fifth game in the mercenaries strategy rpg series doesn't look to be a huge bump up in the graphics department but does look to be fairly interesting um 
there's a collection saga, I think three of them, maybe even all f- the four first one, on uh, the eShop right now. I think it's only about 15 bucks. So if you're kind of curious about what this one is all about, you could check that out. There's also a new trailer for it over on our YouTube channel. If, um, if you want to see this, uh, new to this series in this entry are fully 3D battle maps along with improved visuals and audio. Character designs are from Mr. Mayoshi Nishimura with the varied cast telling an exciting and surprising story. Here are the key features. You can experience an amazing story with two distinct paths and a diverse cast of characters. Lots of optional battles that allow you to see more of the world and level up your team. 3D battle maps giving greater control and depth in strategic play. You can use Blaze Exceed, a key power that can turn the tide of battle. And they say there is incredible depth beyond battles as you carefully manage equipment, skills, and classes for your teams. I did not get a price on this one. And as of yesterday, it wasn't listed on the eShop. Jake had made a comment saying this one looked pretty interesting, but was wondering if there was a price point for it. Not yet. I... I can't imagine this is a full price game. I may be wrong, but just taking a glance at it, I wouldn't guess so. Um, but I can't really speculate on what that would be. Hopefully they'll have a, obviously they'll have a price for it <laughs> at some point before it comes out on the 17th here in uh, two weeks. But yeah, if you've been looking forward to that one, Mercenaries Blaze, Don the Twin Dragons, you have a release date and it's digital only right now. Uh, December 17th in the West. Um, maybe a physical version coming down the line from someplace like Limited Run. But as of right now, there's no word on a physical version of it just yet. Um, a mobile game that's been... Uh, well, we've been, talk- we've been covering it as far as like trailers and stuff is the new uh, Sakura title. And uh, I guess I can try to say this one. Asakura Kakamoi Hanasuko Atome Tashi. It's a mobile game with a crazy name, and it does have a, a release date in Japan, at least. It will come out for iOS and Android on December 15th in Japan. Publisher Sega and developer Delightworks announced this one goes back to more, more of a uh, turn-based battle system. Uh, I think it's more like akin to some of, some of the older titles in it. Uh, there was a new trailer that came out uh, just a few hours after we recorded um, our Thanksgiving Day podcast. But um, there's been several trailers for this one, and uh, you can check that out over on YouTube. But uh, no word on if it's coming to the West or not. With mobile games, I always say it's a strong possibility that they are going to come west. Uh, at least much stronger possibility than some uh, console games. There's a lot less involved, but we'll have to wait and see if this one actually uh, comes out or not. Uh, if you are a Shimigami Tensei fan, especially a fan of the music, there is going to be a digital concert for it um, on March the 20th of 2021 at 1900 Japan Central Time, Atlas announced. Uh, this concert will run for po- or approximately two hours. Uh, online tickets are priced in yen. They go for 3666 That's not the best 
number. Uh, ticket sales begin at O Ticket, and will end. Um, well, that's that's weird. I I guess you could buy a ticket to it after them because they say the tickets will end on the twenty seventh, which is seven days after the um, concert goes, which is the last day of the archived version of the concert can be viewed. So. Yeah, you don't have to watch it live. You can watch it up to a week later. The concert will consist of musical performances and MC parts. Uh, it will be centered around Shemigami Tensei 3 Nocturne HD Remastered, which will be recorded prior to the event. But yeah, I'm not sure what that yen converts to in dollars. Uh, so if you're an Uber fan and you want to pay some money to see an online musical event, well, this... This could be your chance. Right about now is the halfway points where I'd be taking a pause for an anchor ad, but that's not happening anymore, and we don't have any sponsors. As of right now, I am reaching out to you guys for listener support. You can do so right uh, right here. Just check out the uh, links below. You can either do it via the anchor app directly or go through Patreon. Um, I'll be asking for your support for a few more weeks. Uh, through, uh, through Christmas time. And at that point, I'll make a determination of whether we need to seek out separate sponsorships or not. But yeah, if, if you would uh, be so kind as to give a few dollars a month to support not only this podcast, but all the content that we're creating on YouTube as well, that would really mean a lot to me in this uh, season of giving. How about a dollar or two for your Favorite JRPG podcast. At least I hope it is. That's what I aim for each and every week. Uh, Compile Heart, uh, they shared some new information about um, a range mode for GoGo 5D game Neptunia Reverse. Now, this is, uh, I guess, a separate translation. Instead of saying uh, 5 Gecka or something like that, they say 5D, which I guess is a playoff of 3D or 4D. Uh, just a different way of saying it. Still... Not sure if that's going to be. I guess that sounds more like what it could be in the uh, in the West. We'll just have to wait and see. Anyway, uh, the new Neptunia game, which is an old <laughs> upgraded version of Hyper Dementia Neptunia Rebirth One. This game is coming to PlayStation Five. Uh, still no firm date. They're just saying of December in uh, and this month in Japan. Um, this is a brand new mode for this game. It will essentially rebalance it and add several changes to the core gameplay. Uh, one of the biggest ones is you can now have 20 characters from the start and you can play with any of them. It's it, And they're not going to go away. You just you get to pick your favorites and, and go with it. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, players will get to change the battle balance. No further details were given about that at this time. Um, Hopefully just make it a little more accessible. Most cosmetic items will be available for to purchase for cheap at the start of the game. You can also change most weapon traits. For example, changing attributes such as slash and strike. Uh, the move parameter, which determines the range of the character movement, is doubled in a range mode. However, that doesn't mean that all stats are boosted for these characters. Uh, some characters will have lower stats to balance other improvements. And SP skills will also be adjustable so yeah if you click on and you want to play it in a range mode you can make some pretty cool adjustments to the game uh, this is the first time well it's i guess it's not really be confirmed for the west but this game the original version uh, from my understanding 
uh, was pretty good. And I would really like to see this one in the West. As I mentioned before, it doesn't... It's not going to blow you away with the visuals, but the gameplay has always been pretty fun in these titles. It is a good turn-based battle system, and the, the humor of the uh, the play on the game industry is always uh, top-notch. I know Dalton will be looking forward to this one. It is a series, um, I would say near and dear to his heart, but it may be more than that. I don't know. <laughs> he seems to have a fascination with it. Um, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping this one comes over. We still got Neptunia All-Star, vir, you know, Virtual All-Stars hopefully coming over as well. So we'll have to wait and see if we get some of these Neptunia titles. Um, we've not gotten them all in the past, but I would say it's a pretty pretty strong uh, chance we're going to get this one. Of course, they got to nail down that Japanese release. I, I find that fascinating that it's coming out this month, but they don't have a, a date for it, especially with Christmas in there, too. They need to... I need to get that <laughs> sorted out uh, for sure. I got some Final Fantasy news, uh, three stories, in fact. Um, Final Fantasy fourteen Online will have an announcement showcase on Friday, February 5th, and Saturday's February 6th of next year. Uh, this will be a uh, live interpretation from Japanese to English. Quote, we've got something else in store. Uh, the Final Fantasy XIV official Twitter account teased will be announcing cool things. Uh, while Square Enix did not share further information, uh, it is more than likely going to be where they announce the next expansion for the game. I believe also they may go into some details about the PlayStation 5 version, if there's any enhancements other than visuals and load times. Um, it's available right now for PlayStation 4 and PC. And yeah, there'll be some uh, some more information coming in February. Uh, players that have been enjoying, um, yeah, the they've been enjoying War of the Visions and the fifth anniversary of Final Fantasy Brave Exvius. There was an interview talking about uh, some of the the future of the series, looking back on it after uh, five years. Uh, here are some of the highlights from the War of the Visions interview. They say the second act won't start immediately after the first act ends. After the ending of Act 1, they will enter an epilogue-like episode called the Interlude. Um, addition to, in, in addition of summons, will not end with Behemoth. After all, we are, will still continue adding them at the same pace from here on out. Personally, I want to use my power to improve raids and complete gameplay uh, that can be done in the guild. As for new content, we are planning something connecting the two stories that will give a, that will give affections to characters. We want to include solo content, strong enemies, and more in-game content. So yeah, if, if you've been enjoying this one, they they'd certainly look to uh, continue that. But uh, this Final Fantasy story. I just thought was uh, was pretty cool. Um, so a new a new series of Final Fantasy VII Remake merchandise will be available to purchase soon. On December 9th, consumers will be able to get their hands on exclusive items that will only be available. This is going to be for our uh, Japanese friends. They had to participate in the Tokyo Mystery Circus Real Stealth Game, which is based on 
Remake. Uh, this is an exciting escape room challenge that will allow consumers to participate in the destruction of the Make Your Reactor 1. Each player will be given a total of 30 minutes to complete the escape room and equipped with materia. In addition, this attraction will also be available in uh, Chinese and English. So if you're over there and visiting, it'll be in English. You could, you could do it. I mean, what an awesome idea. I've... You know, these escape room things are, are kind of everywhere. It doesn't really seem like my my cup of tea, but, man, I'd be lined up out the door for something like this. How cool would that be? So I mentioned some of the goods um, uh, include a 20-page pamphlet. We'll go for about $14. A, a B2-sized wall scroll will cost about 30 bucks. A muffler towel featuring Clyde's iconic Buster Sword will go for about 18 a clear file for ten bucks, a sticker set for about three, and a series of seven badges for about five bucks a piece. One of the more exclusive pins is a is a phoenix feather pin. Um, this looks pretty cool. I mean, I don't know if you really have a a use for feather pins, and it's really just colored red, <laughs> look like a phoenix feather. But still, yeah, all about that uh, make a reactor escape room. Just sounds kind of crazy. We've been mentioning some uh, JRPG titles that have been headed to Xbox's Game Pass library. And um, if you are a owner of Game Pass, you're getting a pretty good one here right off the bat. So um, as soon as Dragon Quest 11S is available for Xbox One, which is December 4th, it's going to be made available on Game Pass. That's pretty cool i gotta be honest with it uh there's a bunch of other games that are available but you know you can check out the listing in the story for the other games that are that are on there we focus on the jrpgs and um that's a pretty big draw um game pass is certainly a, a really good value from what i can tell i don't have an xbox but it might be worth it alone just to uh pick up and play that game so Still unsure on this one. I'm sure I will get it eventually, but maybe since it's a Switch game, I might as well just get it for the Switch and <laughs> save a few dollars in the process. Uh, if you've not played Dragon Quest Eleven and uh, you've been waiting out to now, don't waste any more time. That, that game was amazing. Uh, if you are a Earthbound fan... Uh, don't have any news about any games, but uh, they're going to be releasing um, Mother Music Revisited album. And this will come out on January 27th of next year. It is 10 tracks from the original Mother game. And following in February will be music from Mother 2, also known as Earthbound here in the West. Uh there will be deluxe CDs as well as vinyls available for those. Those are in Japan, so good luck getting it um, over here. I'm just I'm just making you aware of it. It's not my <laughs> it's not necessarily my job to get it in your hands. You can check out the story I shared on Facebook if you're looking for some links to potentially pick these up. But um, yeah, Earthbound, a near and dear title to many of us. And it'll be pretty cool to get that music on a uh, on a current CD. If you're looking forward to Disgaea 6, Defiance of Destiny, and uh, if you are really 
wanted to be a part of it, you actually can. NIS is, is running a contest through Woodbox, where entrants receive a chance to have their name entered into the random name generator of the character creation menu for the Switch. Another option includes the ability to have a name entered in a pool of randomly generated enemy names. Uh, this contest allows players who are 18 age or older to write in alphanumeric names up to 15 characters long, so long as they aren't references to real people, characters, or brands, or obviously anything uh, too lewd or crude. I'm sure there's certain standards. Uh, the contest will yield four winners, one from each category. The categories are humanoid male, humanoid female, monster male, and monster female. So, hey, why not, right? If you're, what, what better way to uh, prove your uber fandom than to have your name in one of your favorite games? Um, a... <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe this story when I saw it. We, we've been talking about some really good near uh, statues that have come out here lately. But the uh, we I kind of knew this one would be the coup de grace when I saw it. And this is the Master Line near Automata statue, which features uh, all three. Well, not all three, but three characters with 2B, 9S, and A2. There was a incredible video showing it. Um... There is a standard and a deluxe edition, but I, you're you're just not going to believe how much this thing cost. I mean, it looks incredible. Don't get me wrong. I would love to have this thing, but the standard edition of it, I kid you not, is $2,500. The deluxe edition, if you've really got some money to burn, is $3,000. <laughs> I... <laughs> I could not believe it. The deluxe edition uh, is supposed to come out in January. Of, well, good grief. 2022? Is that right? The standard edition, oddly enough, will follow in April of 2022. Well, maybe that's why they need to charge so much because it's taken three years to make the things. Um, I just I can't understand why anybody would... Um, a, if you've got that much money to burn, you need to spend it a little bit more wisely. Although, hey, I, and I'm the first to say this, it's your money. You If you earned it, if you didn't steal it, <laughs> if you earned it, it is yours to spend exactly how you want. And ain't nobody going to take that right away from you. However, in the midst of... Uh, a worldwide pandemic where people are losing their jobs and there's food lines. Uh, it just seems a little crazy that there's a statue that's coming out for, you know, three grand. Insane times call for insane collector's items, apparently. So, yeah. So, well, you know, you've got a couple of years. Maybe you can start saving up your money and um, have a nice little... <laughs> Sorry, little Johnny, you're not getting Christmas for a couple of years because Daddy's got to get the master line near Automata statue. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> uh, our last story today is going to focus on, uh, like I've talked about before, my next um, JRPG outing. And at the rate that I'm slowly crawling through Cold Steel 4, I'll get it just in time. That is Atelier Rise at 2. Lost Legends and the Secret Fairy. 
Uh, we're getting it over here in North America on January 26th. Uh, it is actually out today um, on the Switch. Uh, PlayStation 4, PlayStation 5 in Japan. We'll be getting it um, PS5, PS4, Switch, and PC via Steam on the 29th. Europe gets it on January 27th. Of course, there is that free upgrade for PlayStation 4 purchasers. They will be able to download a PlayStation 5 uh, digital version of it. Uh, new trailer for it, uh, showing off all the uh, costumes included with the digital deluxe edition. That's over on YouTube. I did finally share those uh, Switch gameplay videos as well as um, just some, uh, some new gameplay videos in general from a Taiwan live stream. So uh, I doubt you know Taiwanese, but or um, I'm sorry, uh, forgive my ignorance, whatever language they speak in Taiwan. I believe that's what it is. But uh, <laughs> so, yeah, the gameplay is, is the same. It looks amazing. Uh, there was a, uh, a Rise of Cosplayer during that live stream who did a... Uh, she nailed the um, the clothes part of it, right? So the, the, the cosplay was excellent. Obviously, Ryza and um, her dimensions <laughs> are hard to replicate. Uh, but she did a, an admirable job nonetheless. So you can check that uh, trailer out. It's got uh, 37 costumes that are included with the digital... Deluxe edition, um, so you can check out what you would perhaps want to put your money down on if it's worth it or not. Um, but this comes to us from NintendoLife.com, and there was a interview. Uh, this is with the producer Junzo Hosai, the producer of Atelier Ryza 2 and brand manager at Gust. To find more about uh, this direct sequels so uh if you would like to um like to sit back and relax we'll go through this interview it's not too too long but it does have some good information in there and i wanted to um wanted to go through it especially if you're looking forward to it and maybe some of the history of the series thrown in there and what their plans are uh, for the future so first question from nintendo life uh Riza was particularly well received in the west what do you think it is about the game that struck such a chord with international audiences? His answer, the reason I think Atelier Raza, Everdarkness and the Secret Hideout, struck a chord with the international audience is because it used a real-time tactics battle system, which is very popular in the West, instead of the turn-based system usually used in this series. We noticed that people overseas tend to enjoy real-time gameplay, and the team used this as information to help uh, the series make a bigger splash and end up working really well. Uh, next question. Has feedback from the previous game had a big influence on your plans for the sequel? We noticed that Western players want to explore more of the fields in the first Atelier Raza game. When creating Atelier Raza 2, we wanted to give these players what they were looking for in terms of accessibility to give them the opportunity to explore the environment even further. Uh, can you tell us a a little about if and how the Sith system has been modified in Raza 2. What we are trying to do with Atelier Raza 2 is make the Sith system more accessible to our new players, whilst on the other hand, making it deeper for those already understanding the system. The team has done a great job making the Sith system easier to understand while adding new features such as the Evolve Link and Essence. Evolve Link allows you to create additional types of items, giving deeper 
diving deeper into the system and providing a new level of synthesis, while Essence gives you different options for more arrangements. These two features will make the system have deeper customability for returning players, but introduced in a way that newcomers will also be comfortable with it. Uh, next question. What is the most significant new addition that Ryza 2 brings to the series? His answer. The most significant new addition to the series is the ability to explore ruins in Atelier Ryza 2. Exploring ruins is a key part of the story this time. It revolves around discovering the secret hidden item while it's learning more of the surrounding lands. We're also listening to fan feedback and working hard to make the battle system even deeper and more rewarding. Next question. The lead character received a lot of attention from admirers who see her as a sex symbol. What did, uh, did that attention influence your approach to Ryza in the sequel at all? His answer. We took the design of Ryza from the first title and worked at showing her growth through the new through new design, she now has progressed as a human. She is now progressing in her life and her growth into adulthood. While many fans prefer to play with the original Japanese voice work anyway, are there others who would enjoy the English voice option? Is the lack of an English dub a purely budgetary decision? And is it possible we'll see English voice actor options in future Atelier games? His answer, and it's kind of what I expected, the reason we haven't included an English voice option is because we're trying to keep the release on a very timely schedule. With us wanting to ensure the entire world can play the title as close at the same time as possible. Adding English voices would extend the development time of the title and would significantly push back the Western launch. We are more interested in ensuring everyone can enjoy the title around the same time. But we're not ruling out it as a possibility in the future. If we have a longer development time for an upcoming title, it may be possible. I don't mind the Japanese voices. I think they're pretty cool. It'd be nice to have that option, but like you said, that would push back it. Uh, he says, has the global situation in 2020 affected the development of the game? The Gus team and the tiles we've been working on have definitely been influenced by COVID-19. As a company, Koi Tecmo Games was able to officially adapt and change to remote work. This allowed us to release Atelier Rise 2 in a timely manner. We'd have loved to release the game earlier, but with the pandemic's impact on development process, we had to push back the title a little bit. Next question. Old fans will no doubt have played the first game and other entries in the Atelier series. For new players, though, do you think it's best to start with Rise 1 before playing the sequel? Fans will definitely have more fun and be able to enjoy Ryza 2 more after playing the first title. We are creating the game, though, so if you start playing until they Ryza 2 from the get-go and really enjoy the experience still. We have team members internally who are testing the game, both those familiar and unfamiliar with the series, so we're able to get useful insight on how enjoyable the game will both situations. Guys, if it's a numbered series like this, play the first one. That's... You're just going to get more out of it. Now, Final Fantasies, Dragon Quest, those are not sequels. <laughs> those are just games in the series. This one is a direct sequel. Play the first game. That should kind of go without go without saying. Uh, next question. We understand the Western version of the game won't be censored on Switch. 
With different companies taking different approaches, how do you feel as a developer when game must be altered for release in other markets or on other platforms? This is interesting. The Gust team did not see the need to edit a title for another culture or country as something necessarily bad. We do not have any bad or negative opinions particularly on this. Each country has their own unique culture, and it really depends on what type of the story the producer, editors, and directors want to infuse in the title. Sometimes that might not work right for every culture. In the case of Atelier Raza 2, the title we put together does not need to be censored for any market, and many people around the world can enjoy it as it was intended. Of course, as a player, I understand the desire to make the game, uh, desire to play the game as the creator intended. Next question. Now that the Atelier series has its first direct sequel with the same protagonist, is it likely we'll see Raza heading into another game? There is a diff. There's definitely a possibility of Raza starting another sequel to make it a trilogy. It is worth noting that we were considering Raza as a protagonist for the sequel back during the development of Raza, the first one, Ever Darkness and Secret Hideout. The Atelier games are in trilogies. This is going to be a trilogy. Uh, they would be insane not to make it one. Uh, can you speak at all about Gus's plans for Nintendo Switch in the future? Keep in mind, this is NintendoLife.com, so that's going to be focused on the Switch. The first title we released on the Switch, Atelier uh, Lighting and Sewell, was a big start for us on the platform. As we have continued to develop titles over the years, it has really become an invaluable console for the team. Because it is so important to us, we would definitely like to release more titles for this platform in the future. I, I thought this was a good interview. I... I came across it kind of randomly and I wanted to share it with you guys as it you know not only talks about where it's come from but the future really interesting their note on censorship I've not you know obviously he said it wasn't altered for the switch I've not heard of Sony making uh, any censors to the game nor do I really know what they even would um, it's a pretty light-hearted game i'm not sure what they would censor to be to be frank about it and you know it's a definite possibility of rise in the trilogy it's going to happen and whether it'll be you know these two games are three years apart timeline wise will it be a little bit less than that will this one end on some sort of cliffhanger i i don't i'm not exactly sure but yeah this this is definitely a trilogy in the making it was their most popular Atelier game, both in terms of feedback and sales success. There is no way on this planet this is not <laughs> not a trilogy and has been since the beginning. So, yeah, good interview with them. Good insight and um, definitely excited to see where this series is going. That's going to put a wrap on episode 142. Don't forget to give us a like on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, give us a subscription over on YouTube and click one of those links below either through Patreon or the Anchor app. And uh, if you would consider giving us your support, I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. And of course, thank you to all those who support this podcast and have done so uh, for a long time. You guys are amazing and uh, just give me all the more motivation to come back here each 
and every week to deliver the news. We'll be back next Thursday with another great podcast. But until then, get back out there and level up.